Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, the postgame edition. The Raiders, uh, they lose to the Miami Dolphins 20-13, a game that was both fun to watch and difficult to watch if you're into the Raiders because the Raiders' defense did so well. And really, I think the two words that best describe this game are missed opportunities. And we're going to talk all the way through that. Uh, I'm Scott Branson, your host, joined by our good friend, Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, you can follow him on x.com at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F. I am at underscore L-V Gully, and the show is SNB Today. We are an Odyssey original podcast. Make sure if you don't already subscribe to the show, please do so wherever you get your audio. The same goes for Raiders Fan Radio, where you can find their podcast as well. Uh, and if you're on the YouTubes with us tonight, please do me a favor and subscribe and hit the notifications bell. All right, we jump into this game, Merv, and uh, the Raiders, you know, they were coming in almost 14-point underdogs to this high-flying Miami Dolphins offensive team, which can put up points like there's no tomorrow. We saw them put up 70 against Denver earlier in the year. Last few weeks, they have coming off a bye, of course, but the few weeks before that, they were having a little more trouble. Uh, they lost, of course, Devane A-Chain to an injury. He was lost again during this game to, due to an injury. But the Raiders had their hands full going out to Miami. There's no question. Everybody knew that. All Raider fans were realistic. But they said, hey, why not us? Why can't we go out and upset this team? And you could argue they had every opportunity to do so. Just couldn't get offense rolling. The offense uh, all day today outside of the big pass 
to Devontae Adams at the beginning of the game. It kind of fizzled from there. Aiden O'Connell, and we'll get into the numbers uh, as we go along here in the show. Uh, we'll get into the numbers to talk about how well he did uh, in the first half compared to the second half where he struggled more. And then, of course, the offensive play calling also. But what we want to do is uh, we start out first with our Voice of the Fan segment. We turn it over to Murph here. Murph, uh, watch this game. I know you had a bunch of people over uh, there at the fan cave or outside the fan cave, uh, right above where you have all the nicer stuff. Uh, but l- tell me your thoughts on this game. Raiders, really, they lose by seven, but had so many opportunities to really go up in this game and, and to put the Dolphins away, who Dolphins still uh, put up points, put up, obviously, yards in offense. But this Raiders defense did an amazing job of shutting them down. Talk a little bit about your feelings here after this loss as the Raiders move to five and six. You know, it's uh, it's interesting, Scott. I didn't I didn't expect us to win this game. You know, we we've had, and I don't know what the exact record on the road has been lately on the on the East Coast, but it hasn't been great. Frankly, it hasn't been great for a very very long time. The Raiders have struggled to play in the early game, anyways, on the East Coast, and now so so heading to Miami, headed against you know headed up against a high powered offense like what like what we're um, like what we're used to seeing. Uh, out of out of the Miami Dolphins, and I know there was some knocks against the Dolphins in terms of the, the teams that they'd beat throughout the course of the year. But anyways, still, I, I thought it was a tall task for the for the Raiders to come in and slow these guys down. But then they did, and then we didn't have an opportunity offensively to put up a lot of points. And I thought that you know the, at least the collective you know comments around the room from fellow Raider Nation, from my fellow co-hosts of, of Raiders Fan Radio that are that are, uh, those that are still hanging around. Michelle's still over there and Lamont and uh, their son Devin is hanging out over here and Darius. And so anyways, we're still just kind of like the, the, the collective conversation around all of us has been that, you know, the Raiders just didn't get anything going offensively and it was the play calling we weren't in love with. And hmm. listen, I don't know enough about the X's and O's and Bo Hardegree's, you know, you know, whatever the, the specifics and the strategy of their offense. But when you have short yard to gain, short yards to gain for first downs, and you're spreading everybody out, and Josh Jacobs isn't even back there, and I just I don't know, I thought that was questionable. And then one of the things that, and we kind of had our a little bit of a debate going on amongst ourselves. I'm not a listen. I know we all want touchdowns. Al Davis said, "I don't want first downs. I want touchdowns." But dang it, kick a field goal once in a while. I mean, I'm just thinking that even though we kind of came up short there at, at the end, that would have been in the Raiders, uh, you know, could have been an opportunity for them to get in scoring position and kick a field goal to potentially win the game. I don't love all the fourth down calls. And and then when you are going to go for it on fourth down, if it's short yard, just give it to Josh Jacobs. Like, what are we doing? Like, what, what's what's with the freaking the, the shotgun delayed handoffs and things like that? So anyways, all that said, it was a little bit of a tall task. Scott, I don't think anybody in 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 Raider Nation, despite the high that we were riding on with the with Antonio Pierce, you know, coming in and kind of the resurgence of the Raiders, I don't think any of us expected to win the next two games. But I think a lot of us would think that it was op- opportunistic for us to win one, and maybe the one is 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 at home against the the Kansas City Chiefs. First time we're going to see the Chiefs this year, and uh, and so I'm fired up. I mean, there is no such thing as as moral victories. There are, there are no good losses. None of us feel good about it. But I think that it, within context, I can at least still find some positivity, some things to root for, and some things to take into next week. And hopefully we can capitalize on that. Because again, I know everyone's sad second, and I can't see the chat right now, but I'm assuming all of you in there are are on your freaking the mope wagon right now. But I will tell you this, that could flip around in one week when we play the Chiefs. And if we knock on the Chiefs, all of a sudden this is a whole different narrative again. 
Yeah. And listen, I, I agree with you there too. And I think the chat overall is pretty good. Very, very okay. factual and very on target in my view, at least uh, with what went on in this game. And if you think about it, look, uh, the Raiders had every opportunity and that's why we said missed opportunities. And, and to me, look, you're right. No moral victories, but I do think that this team at where it's at right now under Antonio Pierce versus if this was five or six weeks ago, you know, I don't know that it would have been in the same position it was, especially the defense. The defense has come on so strong. And we saw this defense play after play after play today, really make stops, create turnovers. And then the Raiders just could not capitalize on them. And there's many reasons for that. You talked about the play calling. And I think that's that's one area what I was very vocal online about during the game, which is that the Raiders have some play design that is just not good. Okay, when you look at it, and I've been I've been trying to educate myself because, like you, I'm not a full X and those guys. We have lots of guys out on there on YouTube who do all these great breakdowns of videos. Some of them are former players. Some of them are just fans or analysts in the space. But the more I watch, I'm trying to learn more about it. And the more I watch, is like when you have a third and eight and you have an in route to Hunter Renfro that is a five yard route. What are you doing? Like those types of things, or First half, the, the 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 quick screen passes that lost yardage every time. So you do it one time, okay, you lose yards. Then you do it another time because you see something. I'm assuming Bo Hardegree saw something. So they try it again, lose yards again. Try it a third time, goes nowhere, okay? So my, my point is you have to be more aggressive, especially as the game went on when the Dolphins were not putting up the numbers they used. I mean, they, they lost a chain, of course. They lost Tariq Hill for a long time there between the first and second half until he came back. And you're, you're running plays that, number one, A, don't give your quarterback the best opportunity to succeed. Number two, are not addressing or not going forward. I thought Bo Hardegree took a big step backwards today versus yeah. what we saw the previous two weeks. And yeah. as somebody pointed out, listen, the Dolphins, somebody would say, oh, the Dolphins is, defense isn't very good. No, the Dolphins defense is pretty good. They're, they're almost top 10, right? They're about top 10. And um, they have a lot of speed, especially in the secondary. So... I'm not saying that they are as good as the Jets defense, but still you have to play against a good defense and you have to give your opportunities out there. And I thought he, he was not creative as he was. We saw a lot of the old Josh McDaniel stuff come back. Look, the playbook's the same. Yes. They put a twist on things and they use things differently. They don't change the playbook. It's not a new playbook when they took over. So to me, that was really disappointing, especially against a team that where you're outgunned basically on offense. So you have to be aggressive now, they started to be aggressive at times. To me, it was all about timing. Get aggressive uh, when you have a fourth and two and then you're throwing down the field late in the game. Like those types of things. I, yeah. I, I have a question there. I just don't understand it. And look, he is a rookie play caller. This is only his third game calling plays. So I think that was exposed today, uh, as were some of the other weaknesses, including Aiden O'Connell's, who did well in the first half, second half, not so much. And his lack of mobility showed in the second half because when the pocket collapsed, he didn't really have the opportunity. Can he get better? Absolutely. And you know, we've we've been fans on this show of his saying, hey, give the guy time to develop. But you also saw his limitations. Yeah, th I thought, th wow, well, what an excellent lead-in because I'm, I'm sitting here taking notes as you're talking. I wrote down exposed because I, I think that there is – there is yes a, a you know a version of of the Raiders taking a step back in terms of some areas, but there's also a version of them getting exposed in some areas. And I thought that that, that not only the play calling, but 
unfortunately, I think Aiden O'Connell was kind of exposed. What were the knocks against him, right? The knocks against him were mobility, as you mentioned. You know, there was a lot of plays today where he seemingly had plenty of time. And we, we have our, 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 our resident quarterback around here, uh, Jeff Murphy, who played it at, uh, at, at Middle Tennessee State University. A great guy, group of five guy. Shout out the group of five guys podcast. But anyways, he's in here and he's going, get out, get out, get out. He's screaming at the yeah. TV like, get out of the pocket. Go, 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 go. But what was the knock against Aiden O'Connell coming out of college was that he didn't have the mobility and that showed up today. The other thing that came up today, and, and, and again, much respect to, to, to Jeff Murphy on this for kind of bringing awareness for me on this because I, I am a layman when it comes to the play of quarterback and the not necessarily, but you know what I'm saying, like in terms of like specifics, the mechanics of things. And so on that first screenplay that you mentioned, that one that went out there to Devontae, and it was it's seemingly off coverage, but then the, 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 the defender starts to creep up. And I asked Jeff, I'm like, so what do you do there as a quarterback? He goes, well, you got two or three plays called in the huddle. He goes, you got to call out of that. And he goes, and if you don't, you got to put that ball in his belly. You got to put it down low. If you put anywhere up here where he's got to go get it, it's too late. You got to put it down here where he can go. And so is that now, not only with that one to Devontae, but I think we saw one to Trey Tucker as well. Is this now when we talk about Aiden O'Connell's, I don't want to say lack of arm strength because we know he can push the ball downfield, but everybody in the NFL that you ever, that you talk to and people that are passing experts, the strength of your arm comes into play much more on the out stuff. How quick yeah, it's hard to throw a rope to the sideline right. versus throwing one sixty yards downfield. So we saw now Bo Hardegree is calling in these plays. Is it, is it, is it fair to question like why you keep calling this thing when clearly we don't have a quarterback, or at least not today that can make this throw. Why are you still going to that? And Aiden O'Connell, you got to be able to make that throw. That's a that's a pro football throw right there. If you can't make that throw in the NFL, if you can't you know hit that bubble screen, then we're in for a long season. But I, you know, I don't know, and and that's what we'll have to find out. Is it is it lack of ability, or did he have a bad day? Was he just putting it? Was was he just you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I think I mean, look, you could look at a couple different decisions that he made that were not good decisions, and some throws he didn't make. That the pick that he he had down the middle of the field where he's trying to get it to uh, Tucker, I think it was in the third quarter, and he throws the ball behind him. If he throws the ball in front of him enough, it might even be a reception. So that you know, but but you expect that from a rookie. Like that's that's okay from the perspective of okay, you see what happens there. But there are other things to your point, and, I, and, and, and you're right, not only checking out of plays and having the confidence to do that, which we've seen him do before, it just seems to me the game plan today for this team coming in on offense, they go long to, to Adams to start the game, and that was great. It worked out perfectly. But then they get really conservative, right? So suddenly yeah, this sphincter yeah, gets yeah, tight, yeah. and they, go, they, they get all reserved. And then they couldn't establish the run. Again, 35 r- yards running. Rushing today. Uh, uh, let me double check on 35. I think it was 35 the last time I checked. Uh, it, 36. I was wrong. 36. With your sphincter comment, Michelle just died over there. <laughs> 36 yards rushing. And listen, we know this Raider team cannot, especially with the rookie quarterback, they cannot be successful rushing for 36 yards. You can't. So they right. never got Josh Jacobs going. So problem number one. Number two, the, the, the quarterback errors. Yeah, you saw it there. But I always go back again to set the quarterback up to be successful. So when you're on fourth and two, why are you look, I don't have any problem being aggressive, but at fourth and two with the game on the line, why are you going deep? Like, why not find you had Michael Mayer for the most part open in little routes the whole game. 
and you don't go to him in that case. You had you saw what Renfro did towards the end of the game. He usually squeakles out. And so, so to me, the, it's a combination of the quarterback learning. And look, he's going to learn. And I, I'm not criticizing him from the standpoint of saying he's awful or anything like that. But you, you got to know his limitations. And you saw them because when the pocket collapses, he can't create. Somebody was arguing, well, two is not a mobile quarterback either. I'm like, what? He, mobile does not mean run. Mobility and being uh, mobile, different things. You have to have the mobility to move around. It was a criticism of Derek Carr before, right? We saw it over the last nine years with him or eight years with him. So there's there's issues there, and and that all just comes together, especially when you're facing a situation like this. So that was a difficult piece, I thought, was just watching. And look, you expect a quarterback to mistakes. He also did great in the first first half. He was very, very efficient. You saw some nice throws. And so you're going to see mistakes like that. But again, you got to put them in the right position to succeed. And the Raiders, unable to run the ball, didn't do that. So then they had to do that. So they'll address that. And Aiden O'Connell will get better. Look, he's going to learn from his mistakes. The last interception, again, um, you're, you're, you're fourth down. You're going down the field. I get the shot. It was a third down, actually. You're, you're going for the shot. Uh, but you got you to gotta watch it, man. You, you got to extend the game as much as possible. And that's the other thing I'll get to, and I want to get your comments on this, because I just, at the end of the first half, clock management was brutal. Oh, okay? yeah. It was brutal, and they had timeouts, and they did not manage the clock well. There was no urgency. I think one play, as the clock was ticking, it took them like 19 or 20 seconds. Can't do that. You got to move. Then at the end of the game, the same thing. They have no timeouts. They get the ball back. And... Where are the out routes? I mean, I, it's not that they ran them and they weren't open. If that happens, that's fine. Like, sometimes you can't get it there. But I didn't see them. Now, I have to go back and watch the film. Maybe I'm wrong. But I didn't see any. Like, you have no time left on the clock. They hit the one to Adams on the outside, which was good. But there was no other thing. So, again, it's just a weird game plan. And I thought Bo Hardigree really struggled. And the players paid the price for that. Players obviously own the play on the field, too, when they can't make plays. But it was just, from an offensive standpoint, just a really rough day for this team. Yeah, and, and, and so that middle eight, right? Um, uh, you hear coaches talk a lot about this middle eight now, and I think it's I, people hate it when I bring them up, but it started with Belichick. When it, that, that, that last four minutes of the half and the first four minutes of the half, and what can you do in terms of scoring opportunities uh, with that? Because it's, it's, a, such a, it's a powerful uh, eight minutes uh, to, to have control of. And so with, with the Raiders' lack of success in there, and I don't know, shut up, maybe somebody like Josh DeBoe or something that would have a stat on the Raiders' middle eight, but it hasn't been great. And, and I think that it would be important for us to capitalize in those situations. And is like you're talking about, the Raiders d- didn't do anything effective there in, in, the, in that, you know, the last four and the first four. And you brought up Hunter Renfro, and this is another one that, that was another big name that was circling around the room tonight and here in the fan cave was, why are we not going to him on the on these? He, 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 what, I, and I don't know his numbers, but it was like four or five or something like that. Like he had a he had a pretty good game when they threw the ball to him. When you look at the amount of targets that he had versus Devonte, uh, and and granted they're they're pressing Devonte further down the field than they were Renfro, but still, like let's get it like that. That's the that's the time on fourth and two. That's that should be Hunter Renfro time, and, and that's not when you want to. And and especially, and I don't even remember what the down and distance was, but the one where that was deep uh, uh, to Trey Tucker on on. on well, I remember it was fourth down. Yeah. Why are we going to our shortest receiver in double coverage down the field? And I and that's where I wonder. And and again, bring it back to O'Connell a little bit. The kind of again exposed, and I don't know if that's straight decision making or if that's play calling by Bo Hardigree, but why move away from the things that are successful and why take so long 
to get to them to begin with. If you're going to have a guy like Hunter Renfro on the, on the roster, don't just let him do everyone's taxes. Like, let's get him some more freaking catches in the first half, you know? <laughs> yeah, he had five targets, five receptions, 42 yards. So every time the ball was thrown to him, he caught it. That's, uh, including the big, nice, go. long run he had. Uh, all right, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back here on Silver and Black today, we're going to get to the defense. We got to talk about this defense and then we'll get back to some of the other issues uh, here on the post game show. You're with Murph and Scott. This is silver and black today. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back here on Silver and Black today, the postgame reactions show Raiders 20 to 13 losers. The Raiders held the Dolphins to 20 points and they didn't win. That's a tough one to swallow, isn't it? Uh, when you look at this Dolphins team and what they're able to do on the field. So you have to give a lot of credit to the Raiders defense. Here with Scott Branson and Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. This is an Odyssey original podcast. Please subscribe wherever you get your audio. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe, hit that notifications bell. Help us out there, and that way you'll know every time we're live or we have a new video, so we appreciate that. Uh, Listen, this Raiders defense continues to get better. I mean, yes, if you look at it overall today, they gave up 422 yards. You might look at that and say, well, geez, you know, that's terrible. No, actually, uh, what they were able to do is keep this Miami uh, offense in check enough. Enough. That's what they did. I did, Murph, three keys of the game on Friday's show where I said they got to control or, or limit the damage from that Miami offense. I knew Miami would score and I knew they'd do what they do. Then you got to have on offense, you have to have long sustained drives to keep them off the field, which they did not do. And then number three, the defense uh, has to step up and you have to play good special teams. And mostly the Raiders did all of that on defense though. You look at what they were able to do. Yes. Tua Tunga Viola had 325 yards but they created takeaways. Again, this defense continues to create takeaways and um, it kept them in the game. Almost every single time the Raiders needed a stop or you had a momentum feel and you said, okay, if they make a stop here, get the ball back and score, this is a different game. And they did it almost every single time and then the offense could not move the ball. Uh, When you look at this, though, you see Robert Spillane almost had another pick uh, today. You see what Max Crosby does. You saw what they did up front. 
You saw what Divine Diablo, even getting hurt again, came back in and played well. Defensive backfield, Ja'Korian Bennett had a big penalty early in the game. It was a little ticky-tacky. Uh, Marcus Peters is what Marcus Peters is at this point in his career, so no, no sense in arguing about it. But overall, Murph, uh, just amazing that this defense is really carrying this team and putting them in a position to stay in games like this. Yeah, when we look at the we look at the stats. I mean, of course we they we have our defense allowed twenty one first downs, but on third down efficiency, the Dolphins were three and a for eleven on third down, and they were zero for one on on freaking fourth down. You know, we forced them to punt three times. You know, cause a couple of fumbles. The 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 big number to me is that you know I I talked about this on the last episode of Raiders Fan Radio. There are some things that are consistent in the NFL. If you run the ball well, if you play good defense and you don't turn the ball over, you can win a whole bunch of championships by doing that kind of stuff. Well, what happened today? We turned the ball over three times. So despite a pretty solid defensive effort based on the numbers and based on everything that you're talking about there, the Raiders aren't in a position to win the football game. And I thought if we were in a position to, to keep it close, that, that you know, just keep us close and we could have a chance to win it, that offense will pull yep. it out, but but didn't. And, and, it's, and it's so, I think, the most surprising thing to me and so far – the narrative of this season, Scott, will be the idea that the defense has completely outperformed expectations. Patrick Graham got such a bad rap from us as fans based on the leadership and and what Josh McDaniels was doing with his football team, clearly, because not only when 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 he departs, but even prior to that, you saw that the, you know with with the you know the different players that we brought in in free agency, and I know Tyree Wilson is still struggling, or at least not showing up on the stat sheet. But what they did in terms of acquisitions on the defensive side of the football and how they're performing, doing pretty freaking well. And so I owe Patrick Graham a, a huge apology. And it, you know I don't know if he ever would listen to this show, but my bad. Like you, you are he's got it. I don't want to say he's got it figured out and, and, you know, we listen, this team isn't, you know, setting any records. So until then, then, you know, it'll be a full turnaround. But at this point, like, again, like we, we misread him and the, the, the lack of offensive output, you know, we talk about football all the time being the most complimentary of sports and the ultimate team sport. If you don't have that, 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 you know, when you look at our third down efficiency, we were four for 14 on third down. Well, that doesn't help your defense. Let's yeah. convert a freaking third down once in a while. And you know what I mean? And then maybe put our defense in a better position and maybe not put them in short fields and not do all those kinds of things. So I think, you know, again, not a heroic effort on the part of the defense, but a solid one. I mean, we're picking the ball up. We're, we're creating our own turnovers, which is, which is impressive because we certainly didn't have that in the past. Max Crosby, I know he got at least one sack today. Um, I don't know if anybody else put, got on the board today on the sacks, but let me, we're continuing to have impactful plays on defense. And the offense is just not there yet to pick them up, Scott. Yeah, I mean, look, Sp uh, Robert Spillane had a great game. Nate Hobbs had a great game as well. Um, and so you see those guys, what they're doing out there, and, and you see it happening, right? And again, I think the Raiders will get better on defense next season as they get more talent. That's not a slight on the guys there now, because the guys now playing are playing to the best of their ability for most part. And I see they're creating opportunity. Again, what do you want your defense to do? They got to stop the team that they're playing. Okay. And then they have to create opportunities for the offense. They did it today. They did that. So yeah, they gave up 400 yards. So you're, this is not the Jets defense, right? Okay, fine. But what they did do is hand the ball over to Bill Hardigree and Aiden O'Connell and those guys, and they just couldn't get it done. So when you look at that, you have to feel really good about how this defense performed. And like you said, one of the key points, and you mentioned the number, 
the Raiders were actually one first down better on third down than the Dolphins were. The Dolphins were three of 11, 27%. That's pretty remarkable for a team that moves the ball on offense uh, pretty well. And then this one, I know you might say, well, in the red zone, the Dolphins were one of two, 50%. That's pretty good. No, the Dolphins are the best team in the red zone scoring touchdowns in the NFL, okay? And the Raiders, in two opportunities, held them once, okay? And again, that was constantly after being put on a short field. So this Raiders defense, what they were able to do was was pretty dang good. And again, you're going to face other teams the rest of the way, including the Chiefs. The Chiefs, from a from a overall offensive perspective, are not as good numbers wise as the Dolphins. Now, Patrick Mahomes, obviously a different story. But the fact is, I think you come out of this game and you look at what the defense was able to do, and it's clear why they lost this game. And so it's a different type of feel than, let's say, earlier in the year when it was just all a mess. Okay, right. Everything was a mess. Right, right, right. So you look at this and you say, look, it was a failure to execute. Game plan wasn't great. Players on offense. Quarterback was a mixed bag. And you couldn't establish the run. And again, I go back to that, Murph. <laughs> this Raiders team, I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face. This Raiders team cannot win without getting a good running game with Josh Jacobs. They just cannot do it. It has to happen. And if somebody shuts it down, you don't have a quarterback yet that can can burn them, right? You don't. Aiden O'Connell is a good quarterback. I'm rooting for the kid. I think he'll get better game by game. But you cannot be in that position to where you rely on a rookie fourth round quarterback to win the game for you. He'll do almost enough to get there. But you need to get the running game going. They couldn't get that going, but the defense kept you in the game. And I love the attitude and the confidence because you saw that defense on all those stops, that defense, you never saw quit in that defense, nor did they seem any, they were not intimidated by Tyreek Hill. And yeah, he burned them a couple times, sure, including for the touchdown, but they never hung their heads they never seem to be out of the game at any point in the game. And if you're a Raiders fan, when's the last time you could say that your defense showed that much moxie? Uh, gosh, 2006. <laughs> I think that was it. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of, you know, Stuart Schweiger, Kirk Morrison, Thomas Howard. Like, I mean, those are, I mean, those are, those are long times ago. And, uh, and really, and we were so, you know, in a, well, we go back to the offense again. We were so bad offensively that those teams couldn't get out of their own way. But that was the last time that we could, like, you know, hang our head. I mean, Namdi Asamoah. I mean, we had some amazing players uh, on, on defense back then. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we hadn't, we hadn't had any consistency to our defense in forever. I mean, and that was always the thing with Derek and all the Derek years, right? And all the people that, that, that loved Derek. And I was one of them that loved Derek for a very long time. That idea that, you know, we needed a defense. If you gave – him and those offenses. Can you imagine the 2016 team with a mid-tier defense? I mean, that potentially could have been a deep playoff run type team. Well, again, like you mentioned, Scott, we just hadn't seen that in a long time. And now it's unfortunate that we had those pretty good offenses throughout all those years. And then now <laughs> we finally got a good defense and the offense is, but you know, looking, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But when you start looking at draft positioning, there's a lot of good draft. There's a lot of good quarterbacks in the draft. I want to see the way the, the way the rest of this year plays out first before I start calling for Aiden O'Connell or anything like that. But listen, if he if he just lacks some arm talent and he just lacks some some you know some, I want to bring up a, a, something you brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. Mobile 
versus elusive. There are a lot of quarterbacks that are elusive that aren't quote mobile, that aren't runners, right? When you look at like a guy like Aaron Rodgers, even a guy like example, like he's elusive. Even Ben Roethlisberger couldn't outrun me, but he was (laughs) elusive as hell in the pocket. If he he gave you roofies, maybe. Right. <laughs> right. But he was the king of this guy that would dip out of the way. Of course, he was six, nine, 400 pounds, but <laughs> still, but like that idea, you can be elusive and not be a running quarterback. And that's what that's is, the point. is important. And so, and, and that's and at least to this point, we haven't shown any elusiveness or, or Aiden O'Connell hasn't shown any elusiveness to his game. So is, is it, are we better suited with somebody that with a little more arm talent, a little more uh, elusiveness in the pocket? Yes. And so there are, listen, there are a crap ton of quarterbacks coming out and you know, you guys know them all. And, and, and if you don't study up on it, because it, you know, you got, you know, even though Caleb Williams is on a little bit of a schneid, you know, we got him, we got Penix, you got, you got Drake May, you got, I mean, there's there are a lot of oh, good yeah. quarterbacks coming out. And if the Raiders are in a top 15 type position and you look at the teams that are going to draft ahead of us, there's going to be some quarterbacks in there. I'm sorry. I kind of went off on a rabbit's foot there, rabbit trail. But anyways, point being though, that I, unless, you know, he starts to kind of show us something bigger, this, this might've been the game that kind of showed who Aiden O'Connell is. And if that's the case, I'm glad he's on our football team. I think he's going to be a very serviceable player in the league. He's shown that the, the, the idea of his coolness under pressure. You know, yeah, we want to see him do some different things under pressure, but his ability to just, to just come in and make decisions and, you know, just can't execute at the highest level that you need to in the NFL to win football games. Maybe he's like, you know, I don't know, like a career backup kind of guy, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type situation or something like that. I don't know. But um, but anyways, I don't even know where I was going with that. No, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, but, but a quick shout out, Anthony Velasquez, uh, a $10 donation, which obviously goes to the One Nation Foundation. Any super chats, by the way, here on Silver and Black okay, today, yeah, go you. to the One Nation Foundation uh, Murph and the gang there, uh, their charitable arm, which has done amazing work, including just a $15,000 donation to the Blitnikoff Foundation yeah. at the Crab Fest oh. a couple weeks ago. So there you go. So thank you, Anthony. Appreciate it. He says defense played well against a really good offense. Can't ask for any more. And well, AOC looked like a fourth round rookie. Absolutely. And that's not a that's not a slight on him, by the way. It's a right, fourth right. round rookie. It's not a yeah. first round top 10 pick. Right. So you want to you want to criticize Bryce Young. You know, he's a first pick overall. OK, he's got a terrible team, too. But that the expectations are different. So I think if you look at that and you touched on a little bit here and, and what he lacks, that's fine. And I've always said no matter what Aiden O'Connell does, unless he had just a complete storybook uh, season you're still going to draft a quarterback if you can't. Now, the Raiders also need help up front on both sides of the ball because you win in the trenches, right? So we saw that Colton Miller out again. That didn't help the Raiders up front today, I think, in the run game. Uh, you could see it exposed several times. When I watch the film, um, I'm going to get the opportunity. There you go. Sorry, I'm trying to get my camera to focus. Oh, okay, getting getting the focus back. <laughs> but I think when you, when you look at the film, you'll see that uh, the run lanes were not as wide as they were last week. Against and they were playing a better dif- defense last week, so I think some of that is going to rectify itself. But there are definitely things you can do, and and yes, this offense uh, needs to get better, especially with the tools they have. But again, I, I know I'm harping on it. People in the chat are harping on it too because I think it's the right thing. Which is Bo Hardigree. I think the expectations of Bo Hardigree have to be tempered too, guys, because he's not an offensive coordinator. He was a cor- quarterbacks coach. He has no experience doing it. It's the third game he's ever done it. And I think you saw that exposed today as well. 
And so I don't think whether it, whether or not Antonio Pierce is fortunate enough to keep this team on a good keel and get the job full time. Great. If he does. Awesome. All right. If he doesn't, um, that's fine, too. But if he does, I don't know that Bo Hardegree would not be your offensive coordinator. Actually, I'm just going to go on a limb there. I just don't think he would be. It's not his role. He stepped up. He's done what the organization's asked him. He's doing his best, I'm sure. Um, but as you saw today, it was it was not good enough. So so you look at that and you look at what's going on. Overall, with this locker room, you have to be very pleased with that. And look, professional athletes never like to lose. But when we come back from this last break, Murph, I want to talk to you about moving forward, because I think the way this game was played and even the deficiencies it had will be a big, big boost. I know it sounds crazy. A big boost for this team going home to face the dreaded Chiefs Uh, uh. next week. So uh, let's take a real quick break here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. And when Murph and I come back, we're going to look forward to next week with the Chiefs coming to town with a really good defense, too. So Aiden O'Connell's not getting any break. He's, he's, get, he's getting thrown right back in to a defense that's actually better than Miami. And we'll talk about that when we return. Don't go anywhere here on Silver and Black today. All right, we're back here on Silver and Black today, and Murph got a lot better looking all of a sudden. <laughs> if you're watching on video, you know what I mean. Hi, Michelle. Good to see you. She had the switcher. You had the switcher going, huh? Yeah, yeah, okay, right. Let's play. There we go. There she is. There she is. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm what was the drink of choice today? Um, I was drinking wine. I'm a ah. today. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I mean, you got you got you got to drown your sorrows sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is good because it's like relaxes you. You know, tequila makes me want to fight. Tequila makes me want to fight, but wine had me relax. So it's like a little better, you know? <laughs> I love that. Well, the Chiefs are next week, so you better be drinking tequila. Well, and I had said that I think that we, I thought we'd lose to the Dolphins. I think we beat the Chiefs at home. So, I, you know what? A lot of people say, by the way, this is Michelle. For those of you listening on audio, Michelle from Raiders Fan Radio has joined us as well. I thought we were just talking. No, you're oh, no, no, no. We're, 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 we're live right now, but for the folks who listen to the podcast on Monday morning, they're like, who is this? Who's talking? It's Michelle. <laughs> From Raiders Fan Radio, so she's with us. Yeah, no, I, a lot of people said that because that's what Mo and I said on the show this week, Michelle, was, look, the next two weeks, the Raiders just got to win one of these, right? right? And so going east on the road, it was always going to be tough to beat the Dolphins. That's mm-hmm. why it's almost almost hard to swallow this one just because they should have beat them in some yeah. ways. So, so going home to the Chiefs, I think, and that's where I was going to lead with this segment was the idea that you, know, you come off a loss like that disappointing, but at the same time, you feel good about yourself, even in the loss, because look, hey, we hung with these guys. We held them to 20 points. This is a team who put up 50 more against the Broncos. Absolutely. This is the traction. I feel like like the last two games, everyone was like, oh, they should have won those games. Like, And I felt like this was like a challenge for them, but it was going to be the traction that they needed. I felt like they wouldn't go to Miami and win, but it was going to help them build on what they needed to beat the Chiefs at home. So, And yeah. they're at home, too, so they get that advantage. I, th- I still think we beat the Chiefs. I know. And even in the chat, because I was watching, I was looking at the chat like while y'all were talking and everyone's still, it, the positivity, I'm loving where Raider Nation is at right now. I just yeah. feel like everybody is is feeling really positive about what they are going to use to build on what they learned in this game. Because there were yes. some things, you know, they were like, oh, God, boy, <laughs> you question some of the play calling and those kind of things. So you learn from that and you move forward and, and you beat the Chiefs. That's really yes. what's important. 
There you go. Michelle, thank you for the cameo. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> it's all good stuff. And everybody in the chat's obviously saying hello to you. Uh, so thanks. By the way, just win Wendy, our good friend Wendy. Hello, Wendy. She says, uh, Akon needs to know how to move out of the pocket and run for a first down. He's done that once before, had a couple of other opportunities. Yeah, Wendy, that's what we were talking about earlier in the show is that he, but he lacks mobility. So he can do it. You know, especially there was a couple of times today, actually, where he had it in front of him and he didn't take that opportunity. He held onto the ball too long. But overall, he's just not going to be the guy to do it very often, which is a limitation. Again, he's a good young quarterback, I think. But I don't I don't think he's going to move around a lot. And that was uh, obviously uh, something we saw today. But Murph, as as we were talking about with Michelle, um, this team coming off this loss, I think it's a different feel. I mean, we're seeing it with the fans here. I know I know you guys are disappointed because of all the missed opportunities, but overall the mood you're seeing is look at least with, and and I give Antonio Pierce all this credit and the guys in the locker room too, because they have, they have come together. So, so when you come together, you win two in a row, that's an awesome feeling, right? But you also are going to have adversity. You weren't going to win out the rest of the season. That was just not going to happen. Okay. So you lose one now, and now it's time to go back, get better and beat the chiefs. And I think the Raiders will know the gravity of that game because uh, it's at home, and I think that they understand. And if they, they love this coach, they want to fight for this coach, they, they got to go out and they got to steal one, right, uh, so to speak. And I say steal one as in they'll be, they'll be underdogs again. So doing that, and I think that you saw what they were able to do, and they find, when you find belief in yourself, right, so they go to Miami and they're almost two touchdown underdogs, and they end up losing by seven, and they saw that they had an opportunity to actually win the game, that gives you a boost. So you go into the next week feeling, all right, yeah, you know what? We screwed that up, but we could have, we could have won that. We should have won that. Okay. So now we're going to play the Chiefs where nobody's going to give us a chance. But you know what? We're going to come out and do the same thing. If we can stop that Miami offense, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, and as good as Travis Kelsey is, we can stop that, that, that Chiefs offense because they don't have Tyree Kill and they don't have Waddle and they don't have the running game that Miami has. So Murph, to me, they're in a really nice position to say, okay, lick the wounds uh, on the flight home, and then when we get back in the office on on Tuesday for meetings, Wednesday for practice, we're all about beating Kansas City at home. Yeah, Scotty, you know what? And listen, we, I feel like we've talked a lot about narrative uh, this year, probably more than we have uh, in 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 the past few years in terms of you know the stories you know that are out there about the Raiders and the way that the media portrays the Raiders and what the stories the Raiders are telling themselves. If we can beat the Chiefs at home, which I think is feasible, I don't think it's I don't think it's that far out of line. It's, I don't think it's that far out of scope based on the things that we have seen this year. You mentioned uh, the turnaround, the excitement, the buy-in, the everything that has come in terms of positivity based on Antonio Pierce taking over for this football team, and even and even Champ Kelly as well, uh, not to be overlooked. When we see those things happen. And we see that the team has the ability to, to have a shot against, against the Chiefs. If we take out who's not only our biggest rival, but arguably the best team in the NFL, right? They're on the short list for, for certain. If we do that, the, it's not on the, it's my silver and black heart, Scott, <laughs> silver and black blood. And I get a little bit crazy sometimes, but if we could beat the goddamn Chiefs at home, there's the potential for us to go five and one closing this thing out because after that, we've got the freaking, uh, uh, the Vikings, the chargers. Oh my gosh. Let's let's somebody lost else in green Bay today. 
Can somebody else in the national media pick the Chargers to win it all next year? Let's just do that again because you've been doing it for 25 years, and for 25 years, you idiots have been wrong. So keep picking them, idiots. Okay. Anyway, so we got the Chargers, then the Chiefs again, but then we got the Colts on the road, and then the right. Broncos at home. Scott, this could be a five and one run. I'm not that crazy, but I'm a little crazy, but not that crazy that we can freaking take. I mean, seriously, if, like they, that, can, if they can find consistent offense, Murph, look, it's not right? impossible. And you saw you mentioned the, the Chargers losing in Green Bay today did not look good at all. Uh, and then you see Denver's playing tonight against Minnesota, two future opponents. All right. So you look at the, the Raiders after tonight could still be in second place in the, in the division, even at five and six. Right. So so and now AFC playoffs and all that stuff are really hard because the Raiders have not done well against the, 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 AF, the AFC period. But but can I throw out a but? Yes. You got you look at now the Bengals are their yeah. future is in huge question. Right. Yeah. The Steelers Browns, were exposed today. Yeah. Steelers were exposed today. The Browns are going to be struggling without Deshaun Watson. Like all of a sudden, you know, the Titans are freaking like long toast. So you got the the the, the Texans now when it went in that division in the South. Like yeah. the, there is potential for the Raiders. And I know we probably have like a I don't know what the numbers are, but it's probably like a five percent chance in terms of the analytics that we would have a chance to make the playoffs. But when you look at the but the analytics don't account for injury. Analytics don't account for coaching changes. Analytics don't account for heart. And they, uh, there's a lot of things that analytics don't account for, Brandon Staley. But so there's a, the idea that the Raiders, I'm telling you, I'm t- we could be freaking, this is, a, and here's what I'll, I'll say this and I'll shut up. I think this is why, and thank you, chat room, for being positive. I'm glad you guys are, and I can't Very wait to Very positive. Good, good chat in there. Positive because I think that's why we're positive. Because there is light. With Josh McDaniels and the way this regime was was currently on the, the the trend, it was not positive. It was darkness. It was ass. Like it, there was nothing to root for. Right. But now I feel like we have something to root for, and we can recognize the potential because we recognize not only the passion that Antonio Pierce has bought, but the is there is raidery and raideriness a word? Because that's what he brings to the freaking table. That there's a raidery thing going on with this football team. And I'm telling you, we were the first team to ever win a Super Bowl as a wild card. I wouldn't count us out as making a run with all these other things that have been happening in, in, in the rest of the NFL. It's a yeah. volatile season. Well, I mean, there's so many upsets today. I mean, other yes. than the I mean, the Lions freaking had to do a major comeback to beat the Bears today. But outside, I mean, the Giants won today. And that's, we were all talking. We're like, oh, my gosh, it's a day of upsets. We're going to pull this thing out. You know, of course, we didn't. But that's what happens in the NFL. And, Scott, I don't think it's it's that, you know, uh, far-fetched for us to consider that the Raiders could be making a run here if we, be, if we beat the Chiefs. Now, after next week, that could all be over. You know what I mean? Like, because it's, well, and, and it's, it's a critical game. Yeah, and they, they they play the Chiefs, they play the Broncos again, right? So so you have, I think the Raiders are one and one in the division, right? Um, yeah. Right. Oh, so so you have the Bills are struggling. That was another thing. No one, yes, none of the Bills. So yeah. now they're falling off too. So I mean, these there's spots that are going to open up that seventh spot in 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 the playoffs. Crazier <laughs> things have happened. Yeah. Crazier. I mean, the AFC is a bloodbath, so you just don't know where things are going to go. Players are getting hurt. We've seen more quarterbacks hurt this year than ever before. A starting quarterback. So you see all these teams that are playing, including the Colts, who the Raiders play on uh, play later on in the season. Uh, and the Raiders, the thing I love about the Chief game for the Raiders, two things. One is 
how they're playing and especially defensively. Number two is the fact that the Chiefs are going to be coming off a short week. They got to play the Eagles tomorrow night. That's going to be a knockdown, drag them out game. Okay. So you get the Chiefs on a short week and then you get a bye after that game. So I think that the Raiders are in a nice position there for the upset. And if they can beat the Chiefs uh, and, and, and get back to 500 at six and six, then they're in that hunt position in the playoffs. There's no question, especially with what's going on uh, in the AFC North. As you mentioned, the AFC East now, the Dolphins have pulled ahead there. And if the Bills lose again, then you're looking at a situation where these teams start falling down the ladder and you're kind of, even if you're just staying above water right now, but you start to put on some wins, like you said, in the schedule that's coming up here soon. So, so the Raiders do have a shot. And I think that you're right. You go back to what Antonio Pierce and the attitude he's brought to this team and the stability and the responsibility and the the idea that players have a say as well. Like, yeah. I, I think you come off a loss like this and the players are going to know what's wrong and they're going to take accountability. They're not going to be afraid to walk in the film room because someone's going to yell at them. They're going to walk into the film room and say, all right, coach, let's do this. How do we how do we avoid doing this next time? And that includes Bo Hardegree. That includes Antonio Pierce. That includes Patrick Graham. They're going to look and see what do we need to do uh, better from from what we learned in Miami. And, and that's all you can ask of your team. So overall... If you're a fan in Raider Nation, uh, I would not be as I would not be as down as I would previously. To your point about being under Josh McDaniels, and I, I saw it all all through here as far as uh, people people talking about how this is good. The, look, the 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 other key that I want to make before we we get to the close of the show here pretty soon, and let Murph get back to his party at his house there is the <laughs> fact that uh, is the fact that uh, you did not see a lack of effort. The offense didn't execute well Ah, and they weren't coached well. No question. But you didn't see any lack of effort from anybody on that field. There was nobody out there that to me looked like they didn't want to be there or that they were lollygagging any of that stuff. They gave effort. It just wasn't enough today. And and too many things went wrong for them on offense. And that's going to happen occasionally. It's the NFL things happen. You talked about the lions that almost blew it against the bears. The lions looked like crap until the very end of the game. And so, and now they sit there at what, eight and two, nine and two. They're now they're nine and two. So it, it just goes to show you, you have to have the effort and the Raiders have had the effort. And I think that's why fans are happy despite the loss because their team fought and they continued to go through adversity, even when things weren't working and they didn't give up. So you got to like that. Murph, I'm going to give you the last word here before we get to the end of the show and talk a little bit about the One Nation Foundation. Thank you. And uh, I'll make I'll make my I want to make one more point, though, if, if I can. And then I'll uh, talk about the foundation. You brought up about Antonio Pierce and about the, the changes that he's brought into the locker room. And I and I saw some criticism on the X uh, this week and I'm sure other social medias as well about this idea of a player run locker room. Let me tell you, Raider Nation, we invented player run locker rooms. Uh, Fred Belenikoff, George Atkinson, Kenny Stabler, Gene Upshaw, Ted Hendricks. <laughs> Phil Villapiano, Willie Brown. Those are the guys that ran the locker room for the Raiders. That was what it was all about. John Madden only had three rules. Let's not downplay the importance of a player-run locker room when you have good leaders that are players. And that's what this Raider team has. So let's not downplay that. I think Antonio Pierce recognizes that he's got some very strong personalities, some very strong leaders in the locker room, and he lets them lead. So I don't, I don't look, that at, look at that 
as a as a detractor uh, of his leadership in in what he's in the direction of this football team. All that said, uh, thank you so much for the platform as always to talk about our our nonprofit, uh, which is the One Nation Foundation, where we give a hundred percent of our money away to Raiders related charities. And uh, we brought on a new one this week. Uh, uh, the Max Crosby Foundation was announced this week. Uh, they're um, they're uh, doing um, uh, some really great work with not only uh, pets and negligence and abuse when it comes to pets and especially dogs, um, but also when it comes to substance abuse, when it comes to young adults, which is something that is also near and dear to us with our work with the Bolitnikoff Foundation, where we also give money to. Um, so, and, and really, I'm noticing a theme, uh, Michelle, with, with a lot of the work that we're doing with our charities uh, that the One Nation Foundation gives to. We're giving to Raider Dad, which takes underprivileged kids to, to Raider games and helps connect them with their parental figures. But we're, we're like kind of moving it around and it all goes back. Back to kids and you can't go wrong when it comes to kids and what better vessel than the Raiders and uh, to, to do that and so we're very thankful to be able to partner uh, with, with all of these different foundations and Raiders related charities so Raider Nation any of the money that we get from Raiders Fan Radio whether that's direct donations whether that's advertising revenue uh, or anything something as simple as a, a super chat uh, a hit a like hit a subscribe hit a thumbs up any of that any revenue generated goes to, to Raiders-related charities, and we can't be more thankful to be that representative to, 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 to spread that money out, and we just want to keep getting bigger and better as we go on. And, and you know what, like, raise them right, raise them Raiders, right? And, uh, and, and, and so that's, that's, what, that's one of the things we preach around here, and, uh, and we can't do that without your support. So thank you for all of those of you that support Silver and Black today. Thank you for the, for the folks that have, that have, you know, find us or find me here and then move over and, and check us out at Raiders Fan Radio. We can't thank you enough. And Scott and Mo and, and Scott, you've just been an absolute blessing to us and the One Nation Foundation, not only with this platform, but with your contributions as well and what we've got going on in, in the future. Um, you know, brother, I, I, we could do an entire episode uh, <laughs> you know, sharing our gratitude with you and, and what you've done for us because you've really taken us to the next level. And, and so I can't thank you enough. And, and, and what you've done. And thank you to all of your listening audience, everybody that's out there. Thank you for, for your support of the One Nation Foundation. Well, I appreciate that, Murph. And again, for you guys, for you, Jeff, Michelle, Uncle Ma, everybody who does work there, amazing. And, and that's why we support it because you see the impact right away too, like you talked about with the Blitnikoff Foundation, with Raider Dad. I mean, all you got to watch is every Raider home game and you see the impact. It's incredible. And, and, and those kids and their families, what they're able to do is amazing. So we love to be a part of it and can't wait to do it. And I can't wait to get down to Nashville real soon. Uh, we're, we're, we're at the midpoint of the season, so we got to get back down there. Uh, but, but it's going to be yeah. fun. We'll have, we'll have a good time. And, and certainly, uh, I appreciate you guys doing everything you do. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, we're going to uh, just have a great time and, and just, just continue to support one another. So thank you, guys. Appreciate everything you do. Nice. I love it. The team picture. <laughs> All right. Let's go. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. All right. There you go, everybody. Appreciate you guys uh, being with us here on Silver and Black, the post-game edition. And we thank Murph and the, and the crew for being with us, especially since they're watching the game. They're having a party over at Murph's place. And so uh, for them to join us, uh, was a big deal. So we appreciate that very much. And uh, it's it's always good to see everybody. So I want to thank you guys. We will be back with a new episode on Tuesday. Raiders, of course, 2013 losers, uh, but some great defensive play and some things to figure out on offense. So for our producer, Mike Robbie, for Murph, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today. We'll see you guys next time.